जय हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे हरे सो वेलकम टू एवरीबॉडी टू संडेज लव फीस प्रोग्राम um this is the first part of it and goes right up till 9 o'clock which is why people come at different times um but on behalf of our presiding deity shishirala kalchanji who are shining very brightly on the altar today and all of the deities on the altar and all of the devotees of our dharma welcome all of you to today's program um so after some brief announcements uh, uh we'll have a sunday feast class which is based on the bhagavad gita and then after that there will be uh some kirtan that will go on and then tulsi puja and then at 6:30 we will have the sunday arti uh and that'll go on till about 7:00 the feast will start being served out around 6:30ish as i understand and go on till 8:00 and between 7 and 8 we'll have japa in the temple room and then 8:00 again people will start coming back and then we'll have the sit down kirtan uh sit down bhajans that'll go on till about uh 8:45 9 o'clock like that so there's going to be a bit of a change over in the programs and just why i think many of the devotees are not here at this time um basically what's going to happen is there's a new team that's being developed to look after the sunday feast program and the idea of the new sunday feast team is to uh, create a program based on shilaprabhad's original desire of what a sunday feast program was meant to be some the sunday love feast program when the hari krishna movement started was a program where people came to meet uh the deities the devotees for the first time in their lives they actually came to find out about hari krishna and they would chant feast and dance those were the three major things that they did in those programs and the feast was so nice that everybody just was completely you know blown away by the feast right yeah they come here they want to start to eat and they actually look forward to coming back every sunday because of the feast you know it was like we have to go to that feast i mean there's such nice items being uh, produced there now of course things have changed a little in this sense that what we uh, used to eat in the 1960s and uh, 1970s changed a little people have become a little more you know, health conscious and you know no more those uh, heavy items we used to eat a lot of milk in it and a lot of paneer and a lot of cheese and a lot of these items we were really heavy on those items ghee yeah i mean you know if you look at the halwa the the halwa was floating in ghee you know and people would eat a whole plate of a halwa like that you know just some people just came for to the festival just for the halwa that's what they came for and they ate a whole plate of halwa they made so much halwa that you know everybody could have as much as they like that type and then there were these drinks that were uh full of items that you know filled with a lot of milk and things like that and so heavy heavy drinks also but the devotees at that time used to sweat a lot too when they danced you know so the whole floor would be wet at the end of the program because everybody was so uh enthusiastically dancing and everything that they were sweating you know a lot and so the whole floor would become wet <laughs> by uh, the sweat of the devotees so things have changed devotees have come down in some ways and you know people don't like that much of excitement too much excitement like that so it's a little more now uh um you know calm down program so obviously we have to restructure based on that understanding the food that we make now is healthier you know it has more vegetables in it and it's, it's fresh and green and you know like that and 
not so much oil. And the other thing about the earlier feasts were they were laden with sugar. We used to be so heavy on sugar, you might say half the feast was just the sugar in the feast, you know. <laughs> that's how much sugar there was in the feast. So now, of course, sorry, that's why they dance so much. Yeah, you're right. So now, of course, things have changed a little, and now people have become conscious. They don't want to have sugar, actually. They want sugar-free. So, <laughs> so we went from where to where in terms of, you know, how things are happening. But we have to stay with the world, how the world moves. And so these type, for these reasons, we are restructuring the Sunday program in a way that the feast will go back to being something that people love having. So those who are very health conscious can also have their health conscious meals. And those who love to have some fancy items can also have their fancy items, you know, like that. So put a, put a few more pastry on the, a lot more pastry in the Sunday feast and cook, things like that. So people will enjoy the meals uh, and tell their friends that you, you really got to go to the Hare Krishna Sunday. We used to call it love feasts, by the way. It was the Sunday love feast program. It wasn't just the Sunday feast program. And uh, there was a lot of love in the feasts. So anyway, um, so again, going back to that, and also bring the program in a little, because right now we start at 4 o'clock, and at 9 o'clock. That's a little, you know, five hours is a lot of long period of time for people to hang in there, you know. So we're going to compact it in again, so there's, you know, one uh, kirtan instead of two sets of kirtan. There'll be one set of kirtan like that. And then one uh, shorter class, not as long as it used to be before now. And then... Um, going straight into the feast, coming back from the feast, and coming back into, the, uh, 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 into another kirtan, a sit-down kirtan this time, you know, the bhajans like that. So that's basically what's happening. Today's feast uh, has been donated by, what are the names on there? We have the one anonymous I saw. Was there another name on there for today? Today is uh, June the 30th. Yeah, anonymous. It's anonymous, okay. <laughs> All right. So there's a particular family, they decided to uh, um, sponsor today's feast, and pretty much they're sponsoring every Sunday's feast. Uh, so they, they'd like to remain anonymous, so we keep them anonymous, but let's all give them a big hand. Thank you very much. Yeah, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. So I'd like to recognize, oh, by the way, our next big festival is, uh, is Krishna Janmashtami. This for Hare Krishna is one of the biggest festivals we have, the Holy Appearance Day of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Sri Krishna. And a week before that, we celebrate the appearance of Lord Balaram, his elder brother, who is also the Supreme Personality of Godhead. According to our scriptures, or according to the Vedas, which are the books that are known for knowledge, all knowledge. Uh, originally, there was only Krishna. Krishna says that, Aham Mevasamivagriya. There was nobody but Krishna. From his right, he manifested... Uh, uh, Balaram from the left, Radharani. And so, these three personalities, Radha, Krishna, and Balaram, are actually the same soul, but three different bodies, like that. So, Lord Balaram is also the Supreme Personality of Godhead. His appearance is a week earlier. And it's also the day when generally uh, people do Rakhi, right? Rakhi Vandana on the day of Lord Balaram. It's the day of Rakhi as well. And the next day is called Haiduj. So um, that's an important day also. Um, and then prior to that, on July 14th, that's this coming month, 
starting tomorrow, on July 14th, which is not this coming Sunday after now, but the one after that, uh, there'll be Chandan Yatra. Chandan Yatra is when, uh, because it's summer, it's, it's very hot, Krishna likes to cool down, and the deities like to cool down, so what we do is we make a lot of Chandan uh, with the sandalwood paste, and then we apply it on the body of Krishna, and like that, the deities like that, so... They look very wonderful on that day. Krishna looks really, Galjanji looks really handsome when he put the chandan on him. He looks very different from what he looks now. <laughs> and he really looks very handsome. So people love that. They come and take photographs. And then, of course, we then the chandan comes off him and everybody gets to have the chandan as well. So that's a nice program. So please do come for that. Uh, next Sunday, uh, the, which is the 7th? Right? Oh, yeah. From next Sunday on yeah. So, yeah, from next Sunday, we'll start making the, the sandalwood paste as well. So please do come and help making the paste. Because if you make it, then put it on the Lord. That means you directly put it on the Lord. It's your opportunity to serve the deities uh, directly. And, of course, um, a huge program that also comes up uh, is the Independence Day of the United States, what we call uh, July 4th. And on that day, we have actually three Ratiatras, actually. The first one is in... Uh, uh, in uh, Plano, that's the biggest one. That's, you know, we've always been supporting that. The city of Plano uh, has been working with us, and often we win the first prize or the second prize in that parade, you know, so we do quite well for that parade. And the unique thing about that parade is if, if you have any Jagannath Baldev Subhadra deities, we allow you to put your deities on the parade as well, so <laughs> everybody gets to. And last day, how many deities went on? How many sets? About 18 sets of Jagannath Baldev Subhadras won the, uh, on the Ratkat, so you can imagine. That's a pretty heavy Ratkat. <laughs> I think you're going to probably break that record this time. And then, at the same time, there's a smaller one in Carrollton, and another one at the Jagannath Temple, the new Jagannath Temple that came up. They're also doing one, and they'd like us to participate in that one as well. So, Anyway, these three uh, Ratyatras will be happening. Uh, so that's a very good program also that's coming up. Uh, anything else that we know of? No? Okay. So now I'm going to ask if any of you have come for the first time, so we might recognize you first time on this side of the temple. Yeah. Stephanie, who came in through our yoga program, and um, this is the first time. Welcome, Stephanie, to our program. And then we have a lady right behind gentleman standing here. So we all have. I have. Uh, Mother Nagarani, who is with us from Chicago. Welcome. Thank you very much. Any other first-timers here? Yes? Somebody else? Yes. We have a nice baby first-timer. Uh, 
Kyle with us. Baby Kyle is uh, one and a half months, and he uh, is here for the first time as well. Thank you. Welcome. It's a very nice age to start the program. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Anybody else here for the first time? First time that we might recognize? No? All right. Well, those of you who have come for the first time, uh, please accept as a gift from the deities to you all uh, a copy of the Bhagavad Gita. Then that you can get... Uh, where do we pick up the Bhagavad Gita from? From the front desk? Or upstairs? In the Prashadam room. Okay, you can pick that up. You know, we serve out uh, the Prashadam... Well, downstairs, right? The Prashadam will be downstairs in the activity room or the Prashadam room. And uh, so when you go there, you can... Uh, well, she's already got a first copy, so... Yeah, so make sure you get your copy of the Bhagavad Gita. Please do pick it up. And for my baby Kyle, that'll be baby Kyle's uh, first Bhagavad Gita... The only one she will, he will already, he will need. <laughs> and, you know, so you can put that on it as a note that he got that when he was one and a half years old. So when he grows up, he'll remember that, that, wow. I, yeah, and also, you know, he can say, I've got the record for getting a Bhagavad Gita at the youngest age possible. How, who does, who gets a, a Bhagavad Gita at age of one and a half months? I mean, that's quite young, right? That's quite young. That's a bit of a record for us. Anyway, let's put it this way. So when we write our book on the history of this temple, he can come on the book as the person who got the earliest Bhagavad Gita. You know, he'll have some fame. So when he becomes a grandfather, he can tell his grandchildren, you know. It won't be long by the time he's a grandfather, by the way. I remember we were all grandchildren one time ourselves, and now we are grandparents, you know. And thinking, well, how'd that happen? <laughs> Where did all those years go, go by, you know? Life just flies, flies by. All right, wonderful. Um, any other announcements? Uh, no. Okay. So what, what is going to happen is over a period of time, the, like I said, the schedule will change, but we will let you know in advance. As the schedule changes, we'll let you know in advance so that you don't get surprised about the schedule. Thank you very much. And so now we'll hear from Bhagavad Gita and a little more about, you know, what was Prabhupada's idea of the Sunday Feast program and why he started the movement and those types of things, and why this is um, the best yoga program, etc., like that. So we'll hear some things about that, and then after that, uh, we'll do some kirtan, depending on how many, how many of you have questions, etc. Then we'll do Tulsi Puja. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. So we'll start with a, uh, a small bhajan. This is actually a little, little like our national anthem for us. Uh, the song is sung before we do any class, and it actually describes a very powerful pastime that actually became the basis of the whole Krishna consciousness movement. Ah, thank you, thank you very much. Became part of the whole Krishna consciousness movement because basically we all come from the spiritual world and the planet we come from is called Goloka Vrindavan and here you will see in the paintings uh, paintings of Goloka Vrindavan 
and activities that are going on in Goloka Vrindavan eternally. And so we're part of these eternal pastimes. And so we came away to this material world. So we are now in separation from the Lord like that. So there are some pastimes in separation that happen. And in, from those pastimes, we come to learn about Radha and Krishna. We come to learn about Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda and other persons, personalities like that who uh, inhabit, who live in the uh, spiritual world all the time. And so uh, this song actually describes a very important pastime that happened in separation because Krishna decided that he wanted to visit his uh, parents in uh, Mathura from Vrindavan because they were being harassed by other person, personalities. And so when he decided to go there, the devotees in Vrindavan who are called Brajabhasis, these are gopis and gopas like that, these uh, his father and mother like that who love him very much could not bear the separation and so but finally they relented understanding that he had to go and look after uh, his parents and the other relatives there in Mathura and so um, uh, Krishna promised that I will come back very soon as a way of appeasing them but it took him a while coming back in the meantime, Radharani decided that she couldn't continue her life anymore, so she decided to jump into the Yamuna to drown herself. And so when she went down, because she actually saw Krishna and she thought Krishna was there, and so she went into the Yamuna, but Krishna was not there, and then a flash happened, and her friends, Lalita and Vishaka, felt that, what's happening, you know? <laughs> How come Radharani came back? She drowned herself. She actually said she was going to commit suicide, so she drowned herself. So they felt, we can't live anymore either. So Lalita decided to run up, run up a Govardhan hill and jump off the hill uh, as a way of committing suicide herself. So it's a very big hill. Now, of course, it's a smaller hill. But at that time, it was a huge, huge hill. There's a painting of that in the back, Krishna holding up Govardhan. And so Lalita ran up the hill and jumped off the mountain. But just at that time, a very wonderful devotee, whose name is Jambavan, Jambavan, you might remember, is was also there at the time of Ram Leela. He's the big bear, you know, very powerful devotee of, of Lord Ram, and actually, initially, devotee of Lord Krishna himself. He was flying by, and he saw this beautiful girl jump off, so he caught her uh, to save her, so she wouldn't uh, hurt herself. Took her to his place and adopted her as his daughter, and she became known as Jambavati. And you might remember that when Krishna went to, uh, to uh, Dwarka, that at some point there was a very nice devotee who came from the sun planet with a wonderful jewel called the shaman taka gem and the beauty about this gem was if anybody held this gem in their hand they could have any amount of opulence that they wanted <laughs> so this great devotee who brought this gem somehow lost the gem and for some reason Krishna got uh, blamed as the person who stole the gem you know and so Krishna wanted to clear his name find out where the gem was to clear his name. And in going around to find out where the gem was, he came to this one place with a beautiful uh, cave. And in that cave, he saw the gem. And so he, found, he was happy he found the gem. He would clear his name. As soon as he touched the gem, Jambuan walked in, not realizing it was Krishna. He thought some thief was stealing the gem that he had found. And he brought the gem home. And his little daughter, well, she wasn't so little, but anyway, his daughter... Jambavati 
used to play with this jam and it was her favorite toy. And so, so Jamvan says to Krishna, you can't take that jam, that belongs to my daughter. You know, who are you? And he says, this is my jam. I came to pick up this jam. Who are you? You know, like that. And the two of them got into an altercation. You know, both were a little hot-headed. And so they got into an altercation and a big fight for 30 days, actually. Can you imagine a 30-day fight? I mean, Krishna is so powerful, if he gives one punch, a hundred elephants can fly. You know? That's how powerful Krishna's punch is. And so, and here's this devotee, who is giving it back to him, just like he's getting it from him, you know? And Krishna is thinking, man, this is a powerful person, you know? Like, Krishna started becoming a little tired, and of course the devotee became tired also. In the meantime, uh, Jambavati, by the way, this was not an ordinary cave. In this cave, was better than any castle we have out here today. Beautiful cave with lots of nice places inside the cave. And Jamavati had own quarters. So she came out of quarters thinking, my father hasn't seen me for a long time. So she came out to see what's happening and saw these two fighting. And then she looked at this person and she started sort of squeezing her eyes, rubbing eyes. Then she goes back inside and looks at her deity. Her deity is Madhava. Jamavati's deity is known as Radha Madhava. So, sees the deity and comes back and looks at him again. Goes back to deity and says, looks exactly the same. This person looks exactly the same. My deity. And so she goes up between the two of them are fighting. And as soon as they see her, they stop fighting. That's chivalry, you know. It's just like in our life, right? When, the, when a baby comes into the house, everybody stops the activities. You know, the baby is the most important. Take care of the baby. Like that, right? So, so they stopped. And uh, so Jambavati says, uh, who are you? Yeah. And he looks at her and says, who are you? <laughs> and she said, but you look like my deity. Are you Madhava? And he says, yeah, I'm Madhava. How did you know? <laughs> I'm Madhava. <laughs> you know? And so she immediately paid our business, clasped his feet, and Jambavati was, was, was getting frustrated. You can't touch his feet. You can't touch a stranger's feet. If you, because in Vedic culture, if you touch someone's feet, it's either your father or your husband. You cannot touch anybody else's feet, you know, like that. The guru, of course, you can, but you don't touch anybody else's feet like that. So, anyway, that, of course, nowadays we don't follow that so much. Sometimes people who touch other people's feet because they may be advanced devotees or sadhus or something like that. So, anyway, so what happened was that uh, um, uh, then Jamun said to, Who's Madhava? And he says, It's Krishna. He says, this is Krishna? He says, yeah. So he offers a reason. He says, I'm so sorry, my Lord. I was fighting you all this time. What's wrong with me? You're my Lord. I love you so much. You know, why don't you tell me you're Krishna? You know? <laughs> and you might say, well, how, did, how, how could we not have known this is Krishna? Well, one thing about Krishna is that there are two distinguishing features of Krishna. Can anybody tell me about those two distinguishing features of Krishna? Nobody has these features except Krishna. What are those two distinguishing features? One is what? The flute. Right? Krishna always has his flute in his sash. You know? But he had come looking for the jam, and so he didn't so much care about his flute being with him. So he, and this was Mathura. I mean, this was Dwarka, not Vrindavan. So he didn't have his flute in his sash. So Jambuan didn't recognize him. Because Jambuan, like all the devotees of Krishna, there are many people who look like Krishna, like... Uh, Uddhava, others, they look like Krishna too. You can't tell the difference. But the flute gives it away, because Krishna in his, in his yellow sash will have the flute stashed there, you know, like that. Which is the other feature of Krishna? That he has peacock, yeah. He wears a peacock feather on his head. So the others who look like Krishna don't wear a peacock feather on their head, you know. 
One of them tried and he got bashed up really badly. And so he decided never to wear a peacock again, you know. But the amazing thing about the peacock feather is that the peacock feather represents for those who nobody wants because they're so poor and, you know, in society, people don't really care about poor people. They don't care about people who don't have anything, you know, like that. For those who have nothing, they call dina. They're, 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 the word describing them is called dina, and Krishna is called dinanat. So Krishna actually, to, to tell these people who he loves so much, because for, for whom there is nobody, there is Krishna, right? For whom nobody cares about me, Krishna cares, like that. So Krishna, everybody has to come to the feet of Krishna, right? So they touch the feet of Krishna. But the dinas, Krishna keeps on his forehead in the form of the peacock feather. The peacock feather represents the poor people, the people who have nothing. All they can give Krishna is their love, because they have nothing else to give. You see? All of us have something else to give, but these people have nothing else to give, and so, so Krishna keeps them on the head, and the rest of us have to go to the feet. But uh, others, Krishna personally takes care of. There's a very wonderful personality. Krishna is a very beautiful personality like that. So anyway, so then, so this song was sung by... Uh, by uh, Jambavati at that time when this pastime happened, Jai Radha Madhava Kunji Bihari, because she remembered that she was in the Kunja and he was Kunji Bihari. Jai Radha Madhava Kunji Bihari. Gopi Janavallabha, because Krishna is the Lord uh, and Master of all the gopis who are considered the best amongst Krishna's devotees. Girivaradhari, uh, Girivaradhari, because he actually lifts up. Govardhan Hill, like it says in the painting there, it lifts it up. Little pinky lifts up Govardhan Hill. Girivardhari. Brajajana Ranjana. Of all the Brajabasis, he is the one who gives them all the happiness. Brajajana Ranjana. Uh, first he says, Yashodhanandana. Yashodhanandana, Brajajana. Brajodhanandana, because Krishna is the eternal son of Mother Yashoda. Mother Yashoda is the eternal mother of Krishna in Golok Vrindavan. Outside Vrindavan, there's a place called Mathura. There, his mother is known as Devaki. But in Vrindavan, Krishna's mother is known as Yashoda. So Yashoda Nandana, Brajajana Ranjana. Uh, Yamuna Tira Vanachari. He hangs around the Yamuna, banks of the Yamuna, <laughs> causing a lot of mischief to the gopis. And so the gopis remember him with love like that. Uh, you notice in this world sometimes women love people love men, and you think, why would he love that person who is such a rascal, you know? But somehow, women don't have that issue. They all fall in love with the rascal too, <laughs> you know? So, Brajajana uh, Ranjana, um, I'm sorry, Yamunatira uh, Vanachari, like that. So, that's Krishna. So, we're going to sing that song, and then I'll speak a little from the Bhagavad Gita that explains uh, our program as well. And then we'll do... Uh, uh, Mokirtan, if you have time, or go straight into Tulsi Puja. Thank you. So nice to see the little children uh, playing, uh, playing the Mirdanga. It's very nice. Very good. Thank you very much. I love it here seeing young children play Mirdanga like that. Thank you, Prabhu, for playing the harmonium. Okay. Very good. You can play Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Radha 
Sai Gaur Pramanande Hari Hari Jayom Vishnupada Pramahansa Pariraja Vichaja Astotra Sata Shri Srimad His Divine Grace Srila Bhaya Charanarvindam Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Srimad Bhagavad Gita Itharupa Ki Jai Shri Shri Radha Kalachanji Ki Jai Shri Gora Bhakta Brinda Ki Jai Nitai Gaur Pramanande all glories to the assembled devotees, Hare Krishna. All glories to the assembled devotees, Hare Krishna. All glories to the assembled devotees, Hare Krishna. All glories, all glories to Shri Shri Guru and Gauranga. Glories to Srila Prabhupada. Prabhupada, if you can get this table for me, look. Yeah. How many of you know why we say all glories to the assembled devotees? Anybody know why we say? All glories to the assembled devotees. Why do we say that? So a little shy. Yes, because what? Because Krishna loves his devotees? Yeah, that's true. That is true. Any other person want to say something? Basically why we say that is because whenever an authentic program of Krishna happens, the demigods like to be present and there are 33 million demigods and demigoddesses. 33 million. We only know 10 or 15 of them, like uh, Lord Ganesh, Lord Indra, like these, you know, great personalities. We only know a few of them. But there are 33 million demigods and demigoddesses. And they are all administering Krishna's system. So Krishna likes that they be recognized for helping, looking after the material world. And that's why we say all gloriously assembled devotees, because the demigods and demigoddesses come. And of course, in our temple, we have them on the on their ledges up there, you can see these are the representatives of the demigods and demigoddesses who are with us in the altar room. So basically the devotees are saying thank you very much for being here and we glorify you so that they can bless us so they become even better devotees. All right, so we're going to read from the Bhagavad Gita. And to do that, I'd like you to please chant with me. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Ajnana Timirandhasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshuran Militam Yena Tasme Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitam Jaina Bhutale Svayam rupaha kadamahyam dadati svapadantikam Vandeyaham Sri Guruha Sri Yutapadakamalam Sri Guruan Vaishnavamscha Sri Rupam Sagajatam Sahagana Raghunathan Vitampam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakan Vitamscha Hey Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dina Bandhu Jagatpate, Gopesha Gopika Kanta, Radha Kanta Namastate, Dapta Kanchana Gurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari, Vrishabhana Sate Devi, Pranamami Hari Priye, Vancha Kalpa Trubhascha, Kripasandubya Evacha, Patitanam Pavanebhya, Vaishnavebhya Namo Nama, Nama Om Vishnupadaya, Krishna Prishtaya, Bhutale, Shrimate Bhakti Vedanta Swami Dinamine 
नमस्ते सारस्वती देवे गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेषन्यवादी पाश्चात्य देश तारिणे जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु नित्यानंद श्री अद्वैत गिदाधर शिवासरिगोर भक्त वृंद हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा कृष्ण कृष्ण हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे जय खंडराज श्रीमद भक्त महापुराण की जाय श्रीमद भागवत गीता थारूप की जाय शेल प्रोपाद की जाय थैंक यू वनफुल चिल्ड्रन गो लॉन्ग दिस So today we're reading from Bhagavad Gita chapter number 10 which describes Krishna's opulences and we're doing text number 10 Okay so we're doing text number 10 so it's 10 10 so if any of you know this verse you can read along with me text 10 of chapter 10 सततुक्ता भजता प्रीतिपूर्वका दी बुद्धि योगापिया सततुक्ता भजता प्रीतिपूर्वका ददामी बुद्धि योगता भजता प्रीतिपूर्वका ददामी बुद्धि योगपिया सततुक्ता भजता प्रीतिपूर्वका बुद्धि योगापि Marjis Any Marjis you want to say? No? Anybody else? Desham sadata yuktanam Bajatam priti purvakam Dadami buddhi yogam tam 
unto them satata yuktanam always engaged bhajatam in rendering devotional service priti purvakam in loving ecstasy dadami i give buddhi yoga real intelligence tam that yena by which mom unto me upayanti come te they translation please repeat after me to those who are constantly devoted to serving krishna with love krishna gives the understanding by which they can come to krishna of course krishna says it a little differently because he is speaking krishna says to those who are constantly devoted to serving me meaning krishna with love i give the understanding by which they can come to me like that purport by his divine grace shil prabhupada ki jai in this verse the word buddhi yoga is very significant we may remember that in the second chapter the lord instructing arjuna said that he had spoken to him of many things and that he would instruct him in the way of buddhi yoga now buddhi yoga is explained buddhi yoga itself is action in krishna consciousness that is the highest intelligence buddhi means intelligence and yoga means mystic activities or mystic elevation when one tries to go back home back to godhead and takes fully to krishna consciousness in devotional service his action is called buddhi yoga in other words buddhi yoga is the process by which one gets out of the entanglement of this material world the ultimate goal of of progress is krishna please do not uh, people do not know this therefore the association of devotees and a bona fide spiritual master are important one should know that the goal is krishna and when the goal is assigned then the path is slowly but progressively traversed and the ultimate goal is achieved when a person knows the goal of life but is addicted to the fruits of activities he is acting in karma yoga when he knows that the goal is krishna but he takes pleasure in mental speculation to understand krishna he is acting in gyana yoga and when he knows the goal and seeks krishna completely in krishna consciousness and devotional service he is acting in bhakti yoga or buddhi yoga which is the complete yoga the complete yoga is the highest perfectional stage of life a person may have a bona fide spiritual master and may be attached to a spiritual organization but still if he is not intelligent enough to make progress then krishna from within gives him instructions so that he may ultimately come to krishna without difficulty the qualification is that a person always engages himself in krishna consciousness and with love and devotion renders all kinds of services he should perform some sort of work for krishna and that work should be with love if a devotee is not intelligent enough to make progress on the path of self realization 
but is sincere and devoted to the activities of devotional service, the Lord gives him a chance to make progress and ultimately attain to him. So this leads us to what I was speaking about before we read from the Bhagavad Gita, which is, what is the purpose of this Sunday feast program? Why do we have this program on Sundays? And in fact, what is the purpose of the Hare Krishna movement? Why was the Hare Krishna movement started by Srila Prabhupada? So, the knowledge of the truth is known as Veda. It's known as Veda. And the Vedas are the books of knowledge. Actually, at one time, they were just passed down by word of mouth. People were so smart that if they heard something once, they would never forget it. But today we hear something so many times, and we still forget it. (laughs) So nowadays, we don't have so much memory, such sharp memory, which is called intelligence, like that. So what happened was, Krishna knowing that, came himself as Vyasadev, Krishna Dvaipyana Vyasa, to commit all of that knowledge into writing, and those writings became known as the Vedas. And in the Vedas, there are four Vedas, the Rig Veda, the Sama Veda, the Yajur Veda, and the Atharva Veda. And then there are two Itihasas called the Mahabharata and the Ramayana, and then 18 Puranas from the 18 important great personalities and events that happen in this world, like Agni Purana, Shiva Purana, uh, all these wonderful personalities for whom uh, actually, uh, who actually bless us so that we can attain to the highest perfectional stage of life. So when uh, Vyasadev wrote of these Vedas, somehow he still felt dissatisfied. He felt like, I'm not feeling really happy. Why am I not feeling happy? So his spiritual master came. Of course, Krishna Dvaipanavasa is himself Krishna. But still, to show us by example, he had a spiritual master whose name was Narada Muni. So Narada Muni came and said to him, you wrote the Vedas. And you did explain that Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. You did explain that the purpose of life is to become fully Krishna conscious and go back home, back to Godhead. But you mixed it in with so many things that people may become confused reading the Vedas. Because the Vedas are written at four different levels. They're written at at the level of the mode of ignorance. Uh, Then they're written at the level of the mode of passion. Mode of ignorance is Tamagun. Then they're written at mode of passion, which is Rajagun. Then they're written at the level of mode of goodness, which is sattvagun. And then they're written at the level of pure goodness, which is called shuddha sattva. So obviously if a person is not uh, capable of understanding all of this, they may become confused. Which one is more important? Which statement is relatively more important than the other? Like that. So that is why he said you're not feeling satisfied. So to become satisfied, please write a final text that will bring everything together so that people can understand what is the ultimate purpose of the Vedas? So then, Krishnadvaipyana Vyasa wrote the Srimad Bhagavatam, which is the natural commentary on the Vedas. It's called the auto-commentary because the author himself is writing the commentary. Normally the commentary is written by somebody else. But in this case, the author himself is writing the commentary. So in that commentary, what happens is there's a description given of 
how the greatest personalities in the world, the greatest, the smartest personalities, the most intelligent, the most devoted, the real leaders of the world came together in a place called the forest of Nemesharanya. And they sat together and they discussed what should they do for the betterment of every person in the material world. What can they do like that? So they asked some questions. And in the questions, one of the questions they asked was, what is the most important thing anybody can do? Which if they did that, everything else will be taken care of. Because that is the most important thing to do. Like that. So then, the answer was given by, uh, uh, by, by Shukadev Goswami, who is the speaker of the Bhagavatam. Savai Pamsang Parodharmo Yathor Bhakti Atokshaja Ahaituki Apratihata Yayatma Suprasiddhiti. The answer he gives is that Savai Pamsang, for every person at any time, at any place and under any circumstance, because these four things are variables. You have to decide things based on these four things. The time, the place, the circumstances, and the person. Because these change, you see? And because they change, your decision has to be based on these four factors. You get the point? But there's, there's something that is true at all times, for all people, under all circumstances, and in all places. You see what I'm saying? So he says, like that, for every person at every time, in any place, under any circumstance, Paro dharma. Paro dharma means, dharma means what is the ultimate truth. It's called dharma. Because it starts with the, the uh, pronunciation of da. Whenever the word da is used, that means you're coming to the essence of something. And dharma means the essence of life. What is the essence of life? So for example, the essence of sugar is to be sweet. If sugar is not sweet, it's not sugar, right? You get the idea? It's its essence. The essence of a hot chili pepper is what? It's spice, right? Burns your tongue. If you eat chili pepper and it's not hot, you'd say, oh, this is Kaliuga chili pepper. <laughs> not working. You see? It's not real chili pepper, right? It should be Hits your tongue, it should like burn, you know what I mean? <laughs> you should feel the sensation of heat like that. So, and then the karma of salt is to be salty in taste. You take salt and it's not salty, but what type of salt is this? You see? That type of thing. So the dharma of the living entity is to serve. This is the nature of every living entity, to serve like that. So what is paradharma? Para means the greatest of all dharma. Savayip mungsang, paro dharma. Para means what is the greatest of all dharma? What is the greatest dharma? Then he continues, yathor bhaktir adokshija. And so the answer is, yathor means, and so the answer is, bhakti. Bhakti means devotion. It means love with devotion, with attachment, like that. Being completely in love. Sincerely, pure love, not with any attachment. Like when a boy falls in love with a girl, if he falls in love with her beauty, has he fallen in love with her or her beauty? He's fallen in love with her beauty. He's not fallen in love with her. And when the beauty goes away, the love also goes away. You see? When she becomes old and now she doesn't look very beautiful, he thinks, I think there's other places where I can get my eye candy. You see? So like that. So 
That's not love. Love means to fall in love with a person wholly. And there can be no reason. Because once you assign a reason to it, it's the reason that you fell in love with. So, bhakti means to have devotion for Krishna, to love Krishna unconditionally, without any agenda. It's not that I love Krishna, because Krishna is the supreme personality of God, therefore I love him. No. I don't love Krishna because he is the most beautiful person in creation. No. I don't love Krishna for any of his attributes. I love him because he is Krishna. Right? That's called pure love. Now it's not an easy position to reach, by the way. It takes a long time. Initially you have to love him for being God, for being beautiful, for being so merciful. All these things we love about him. Nothing wrong. But the idea is you've got to keep rising until your love becomes without any motivation. You're not looking for something yourself. You love Krishna and I love Krishna because we want to please Krishna. That's real love. When a boy falls in love with a girl, real love means that he cares about her without caring about himself. Not that I love you because you love me. Because then that's a business transaction, right? If I love someone because they love me back, well that's like a little like business, you know? I do something for you. There's a saying in the scriptures, you scratch my back, I scratch your back. <laughs> that's not love, that's called lust. So yathar bhaktir adhokshaja. Adhokshaja is Krishna's name. Krishna is called adhokshaja. So, to have pure love for Krishna is the highest dharma for all persons at all times, under all circumstances, and in all places. And then he qualifies it by saying, ahoytuki apratihata. Ahoytuki means without any personal uh, agenda. In Hindi or in Sanskrit, the word is used, niswartha, no swartha. There is no personal agenda in this. I love Krishna, we love Krishna, because we love Krishna. There is no, uh, there's no element to be introduced before that. You see what I'm saying? Ahoytuki. And apratihata means, it never stops. We don't stop loving. Imagine if Romeo fell in love with Juliet and said, I love you sometimes, and sometimes I don't love you. What do you think Juliet would have said to Romeo? I think, you know, you might find another girl, right? I'm not interested, you know. Why would any be interested if your love for that person has stops and starts in it, you know what I mean? Imagine you're driving a car and all of a sudden it stops. And then all of a sudden it starts again, then all of a sudden it stops again. What are you going to do to that car? You're going to take it to a mechanic, right? Get it fixed. Or you might sell it, buy a better car, right? Or some of you might get angry and kick the car, <laughs> curse it or something, <laughs> you know. But the point is that the love for Krishna is uh, relentless. It's unstoppable. It doesn't stop. It's continuous. And then what happens, he says, is yeyatma, for those who do that, Supersidity. Supersidity means become completely satisfied. Now everyone in our life, by the way, is looking for complete satisfaction. The reason you are sitting here is you're hoping to get some satisfaction out of this. Anybody who does anything in their life does it because they're looking for some satisfaction. So what are some of the people doing today, right now, do you think that they're doing because it, they think it's going to give them satisfaction? What do you think they're doing? Uh, they're what? They're drinking, yeah. They're drinking beer or liquor or wine or coffee or tea or water or whatever they're drinking, right? Okay, what else they're doing? 
for satisfaction. What are they doing? They're what? Huh? Yeah, they're having a family dinner together because they think it's going to give them satisfaction. What else? Family lunch. Yeah, good. It's a smart idea. Huh? They're playing sports. Yeah, they're watching sports, playing sports. You know, India and Pakistan playing cricket. The Indians love it, you know. Don't go to the temple when Indian kid in Pakistan playing cricket. You know, it's like more important than anything else. Anyway, I'm joking. Anything else? Other things? Sleeping. Yeah, big time. People are big time into sleeping because it's going to give them satisfaction. What else? Somebody is slitting somebody's throat right now, right? You know, we, 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 we all go inside ISIS and preach to them. So we know people slit their throats, slit people's throats all the time. But why do they do that? They think it's going to give them some satisfaction, right? Right? They're shopping big time. That's going on right now. That's probably the biggest thing that's going on right now. Shopping. People love shopping. It's called shopping therapy, right? If you become a little depressed, go to a store. Yeah, retail therapy, yeah. Wholesale therapy, retail therapy, like that, right? Playing video game, big time, yeah, big time. So you can see so many wonderful activities are going on, right? Some of them are not so wonderful. But the point is, so many activities are going on for people thinking that they're going to become satisfied. It's the actual reason anybody does anything. Even if sitting down and being a couch potato and watching television, they're doing that because they think it's going to make them happy. Now it may make them fat, you know, give them nice diabetes and high blood pressure, but you know, that's like the side effect, you know. The main effect was they were going to be happy. And some side effects they got, and then they did some drugs, you know, some medication so they can get more side effects, you know, so that's how it goes. That's the way the world goes, right? So this is what people are doing all the time. They're looking for satisfaction. The sages knew this, that people are always looking for satisfaction. And until you get complete satisfaction, you're going to keep going. You're not going to stop. Now, tell me, who is the richest person in this world? Monetarily, you know, not Krishna, please. Don't give me answers like that. Who is the richest person in the world today? Bill Gates, huh? I don't think Jeff Bezos is. He gave half his assets away recently. He probably become fast again, the richest. But right now he gave half of it away to his wife. So technically speaking, he's not the richest. Right? He was. You're right. He was. But then, you know, he went after this other girl. Then he had to give half of his money away to his wife. So he's no longer the richest man. Okay, who is? Okay, Bill Gates. All right? Next person down the line. Okay, Bill Gates. Okay. Sorry? Could be Warren Buffett. You're right. Waltons? No, I don't think it's the rich. Because they share it, you see? There are a number of Waltons. They're like that. They're family. So as a family, they may be very rich. Yeah, you're right. But as a person, one person. Okay? All right. Let's say Bill Gates. Do you think Bill Gates has his hand right now saying to people, give me more money? Yes or no? Come on, it's a simple answer, man. I don't ask difficult questions, by the way. I'm not a very smart person, okay? So I ask stupid questions. The answers are very simple. Do you think he put his hand out today and he says he wants more money? Yes. Go to Microsoft. You'll see they're asking for money right now. Who is Microsoft owned by? By Bill Gates. There's a saying in Hindi, Data Ekaram, Bihari Sari Dunya. The richest man and the richest woman in the hand still have their hand out today saying, give me more money, give me more money, give me more money. Do you think when they're dying, their hand will be out saying, give me more money? Yes. This means they are rich beggars. That's all they are. They're beggars, it's just that they're rich. Some beggars are rich, some beggars are poor. But they're all beggars. You get the idea? Why are they asking for more money? 
Why is Bill Gates asking for more money? Because he's not satisfied. He wants more satisfaction. The satisfaction may be, if I get more money, I'll give it to some uh, nice people who will start a big business and I'll make more money out of that business or whatever he's trying to do, right? Some charity, this, that, and the other. But he is always looking for more money. You get the point? And money is not the only thing he's always looking for. He's looking for other things as well. He's not satisfied. Who on this planet is satisfied? The devotee. Why is the devotee satisfied? Because the devotee has what? Devotee has Krishna. Krishna is everything. When you have everything, you will be satisfied. This is why a lot of people wonder, why don't devotees chase money? Now, there are devotees who chase money, by the way. Don't think that no devotees chase money, okay? There are a lot of devotees who chase money. Because they're still not devotees yet. They're trying to become a devotee. But those who do become a devotee, they're not chasing money. Now, even if they are getting money, they're doing it for Krishna's service or something because somebody is trying to do some service and they might be helping, but they're not looking for money themselves, for themselves. They're not trying to create a bank balance. They're not trying it for themselves. You get the idea? Okay? So the point is that the sages are saying that the best way anybody can become fully satisfied is if they have Krishna in their lives. So Prabhupada started this movement so that we can all have Krishna in our lives. Because Krishna is ready to give himself to everybody. What did I just say when I started? Who does Krishna put on his head? The poor people sit on his head. The rich people are at the feet. The poor people are at the head. Who do you think is the smart one here? The one at the foot or the, or the head? Well, both of them are smart. Because for Krishna, the foot or the head makes no difference, right? He's equal everywhere. But the point is, you can see that who does Krishna care for about the most? Even in Christianity, there's a saying, it's easier for a rich man to pass through the eye of a needle than for... I mean, it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Why, does, why did Jesus say that? Jesus was a very smart person. Now, so basically Prabhupada started this movement so that we can become completely satisfied. And here, the answer is given that because we're not very intelligent, Krishna comes in the form of Paramatma in our hearts to actually guide us from internally. The Dhami Buddhi Yogam Tam. He says, I come from the heart and I give my guidance internally so that you will come to me and you will become completely satisfied. Because Krishna is, for each and every one of us, our ultimate or eternal father. And just like for some of you who are parents down here, how many parents here? Parents? Yeah. So as parents, you know you love your children, right? And as good parents, you love your children more than you love yourselves. Fact? Yes. Krishna loves us more than he loves himself. And he wants to give us everything. You get the idea? So this is why the Hare Krishna movement was started. And this is why the Sunday Feast program was started. And this is why the Sunday Feast program was called the Sunday Love Feast. Because in love, you can feel full satisfaction. Because in love, somebody gives themselves to you fully, without any reservation. If they reserve and they give something to you, that's not love. If they give themselves fully to you, that means they love you. Just like in, in the scriptures it is said that a mother in this world, love can be known by the love that a mother has for her newborn baby, like we have today, a newborn baby with us, one and a half days, one and a half uh, months old. So, you know, he... Uh, his mother loves him a lot. You see? 
And that is the sign of real love because the mother cares about the baby and the baby, what does the baby do? What are the four things babies do? They eat, definitely. They drink milk, which is eating. Yeah, then what else they do? They sleep. What else they do? Uh, They poop, yeah. What else they do? They cry. I mean, imagine. Someone builds a relationship with you and the four things I'm going to be doing with you is I'm going to be sleeping, I'm going to be eating, I'm going to be pooping, and you have to clean up that poop, and I'm going to be crying and whining all day long at you. You'll say, oh, that's very nice. I love you. You're the best person. I I really need to fall in love with you. Is that what you're going to say to that person? No. But that's what the mother says to the baby. If the baby doesn't poop, what happens? The mother cannot sleep at night, right? Mother worries. Well, what happened? Baby didn't poop for one whole day. Call Dr. Patel. <laughs> or Dr. Singh. Or Dr. Smith. Or Dr. Wu. You know. Or Dr. Gonzalez. You see what I'm saying? Call the doctor. Why? My baby hasn't pooped for a day. You see what I'm saying? Mother is worried. Mother loves the baby. Krishna loves us all the time. How much a mother can love a baby cannot be compared to how much Krishna loves us. There's no comparison. That's how much Krishna loves us. Look at what he's doing right now, okay? Where is he right now? He's standing on the altar? Is he doing anything else standing on the altar? He's patiently standing on the altar 24-7 just so that we can have darshan of him. How many of you would like to stand on the altar like that for one hour? One hour, just one hour, just stand like that for one hour. Do nothing, just stand there. And listen to all the gripes everybody gives you. And all the requests, you know, please give me a lot of money. Please make me a great uh, person in this world. Please give my children education. Please solve all the problems of the world, you know, so that I can have more fun. Right? All day long, that's what he listens to. Such a nice person, right? He just stands on the altar there. Giving us blessings all day long. So point is, this is Krishna. He loves us so much. It's not that the Hare Krishnas are interested in Krishna because it's a brand. It's the Hare Krishna brand. And Hare Krishna is trying to promote their brand. Krishna, the Krishna brand. Hare Krishnas are promoting nothing. They're not capable of promoting anything. Generally, Hare Krishnas are stupid people. Okay, I'm one of their leaders, so I can say like that. Don't say that like that yourselves. When I'm saying stupid means we're not really interested in material life. Because we know material life is worth nothing. It's, it's spiritual life. It is Krishna who is worth everything. So Hare Krishna is always pushing Krishna. And the others think, these guys are stupid. They don't know anything about Krishna. They're always chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. They don't know anything else. There's a one-trick pony. But that's not true. The Krishnas are the most intelligent people. I just said we're the most stupid. They're the most intelligent people because they know that if you have Krishna, you have everything. Then you don't have to chase the other things in this world and become crazy. Did you know they did a research in England? And you know, the British are smart people. Okay, they may not be very uh, compassionate, but they're definitely smart. So they did a huge, uh, huge uh, research. At the end of the research, many years of research, by the way, at the end of the research, they came to the conclusion... Anybody who works more than eight hours a week will have mental problems. Hare Krishna, you can close the curtain. Jai Shishi Radha Kalachanjiki Jai. 
So they're going to be dressed now for the evening program. So the conclusion they came to is anybody who works more than eight hours a week will have mental problems. How many of you work more than eight hours a week? Yeah, you all have mental problems. According to this study. Why would you have mental problems after working eight hours? Why? What's the reason? Huh? Well, you're still doing the same thing all over again. Yeah, that's... It's actually called the rule of insanity, right? You keep doing the same thing and hoping for better results. You know, that's insanity, right? Yeah, that's a good reason. Thank you. Smart. That wasn't what I was thinking about. Why do you think they become... Uh, have mental problems? And Stress. Exactly. How many of you love your boss? Put your hand up. Love my boss. Oh, wow. <laughs> Quite a few insane people in this world who love being insane. You know? Nobody loves their boss. The only reason you love your boss is because he's paying you. What if he stops paying you? You work for me every day, but I'm not going to pay you. Still love my boss, right? I love my boss. I'm going to work. Hey, that was really nice, man. I didn't get paid. Because I love him. I didn't do it for pay. I did it because I love him. Or her. Or it. Because now there are some who don't want a gender, right? They're not male or female. This, what do they call it? There's a middle gender. There's not a gender. That's what? No, transgender would mean switching genders. Intergender or something like that. Or no gender. Agender. What do they call it? I don't know. It's a new name for it. I have to learn these things myself. So anyway, point is that um, the reason that we actually do anything in our life is because we're looking for happiness, we're looking for satisfaction. And complete satisfaction is found only in one place, and that is at the feet of Lord Krishna. Now, why do you, why do you, why, some people say to me, why not Lord Shiva? Why not at the feet of Lord Shiva? Well, who is Lord Shiva serving at the feet of? Himself. Who does he bow his head to? He bows his head to Anantasesha, to Sankarshan. That is why he's known as Shankara. One of Lord Shiva's name is Shankara. That's why he has the snake around his neck to represent his Lord Anantasesha. And who is Lord Anantasesha? Lord Balaram. And who is Lord Balaram putting his head to? Krishna. And who is Lord Krishna putting his head to? The devotees. Try to see this. Try to see this. We are the devotees. We put our head to Krishna. And Krishna, because he loves us so much, will put his head to us too. You see what I'm saying? Why? Because he loves us. Just like the mother will become the servant of the baby, right? The mother becomes the servant of the baby. Why? Because the mother loves the baby. Krishna becomes the servant of the devotee because Krishna loves. Now we don't want Krishna to be our servant. We are Krishna's servants eternally. We don't ever think of Krishna as our servant. We think ourselves as Krishna's servant. Like that. So the Sunday feast program was started to hear this and then to do service. And what are the three biggest things that Prabhupada wanted us to do at Sunday feast? Yeah, feast. What else? Dance. What else? And chant. He said these three things will take us back to God. Chanting, feasting, and dancing. So please chant to your heart's content. Means sing to your heart's content. Dance to your heart's content. And when you go out and have prashadam, eat so much prashadam, you come out like a roly-poly. You know? You're as wide as you're tall. Now, you might say, well, why aren't you as wide as you're tall? Well, because Prabhupada said you can do that for six months. After that, you have to become renounced. 
<laughs> so my six months were over about 35 years ago. So unfortunately for me, I'm not my first six months, you know, otherwise I could eat as much as I want. I love to, but I have to keep myself controlled. Okay, chanting, feasting, and dancing. So basically what we're doing now is we're redesigning the Sunday feast program so that these three things become the most important. One is relationships. We want to make sure that everybody who comes has some relationship with the deity. And so some devotees uh, will become friends so that they can talk about Krishna so that you can come to know Krishna and you can do direct service to Radha and Krishna, to Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda, like that. Okay? That's one big reason we're doing the Sunday feast. Another big reason we're doing the Sunday feast is so that we can do this chanting, feasting and dancing. Right? And the third thing we're doing, which is to me the most important in some ways, and that is, if you'd like to do some service, let us know, so that we can engage you in some service. So that you feel like, I also did something. Right? We had a great festival, and I did whatever I could do. You see, just like there was a little boy here, he was playing the Madanga. So that's what he can do, right? So he did it. It was so nice. I recognized him. He felt good about it. And he's happy, because he's doing some service. So please do some service. Whatever little service you can do, it's fine. Krishna says, if you offer me a little uh, water, a leaf, you know, uh, a flower, some fruit, I will become completely happy. Like that. What to speak of giving our energy to Krishna, right? And saying, oh Krishna, I am yours. Prabhupada said that the only two things you have to say, and you will become the greatest devotee on the planet. And those two things are, oh Krishna, I am yours, and we are yours. I sometimes say, I am yours and you are mine, because there's a reciprocation. But Prabhupada said, I am yours and we are yours. I am yours meaning, I am Krishna's meaning that Krishna is the person for whom I do everything. And because Krishna is the father of everyone, we are all his children, we are one big family, and we take care of everybody in the family. Right? So that's one thing. And then we are yours because we are one family. We care about others being Krishna's too. So we are yours, means we care about everybody else being Krishna's as well. We love everybody for being Krishna's. So if you have this type of mentality, then we're really going to do great things in this world. And so today we thought we'd start talking about this, and next week we'll have some meetings and things like that. And we're trying to reorganize this so it becomes a huge uh, festival on Sunday where everybody can chant, feast, and dance nicely, do some service, and, and feel like... I met Krishna, and I look forward to next Sunday when I'll meet Krishna again and Krishna's devotees. And I look forward to the nice food I'll be eating and whatever else I love about the program. Because everybody loves some different things. Some of us, what, what do some of you love about the Sunday Feast program? Really love about the Sunday Feast program. Why are you here? What do you love about being at a temple or at a Hare Krishna program? Somebody? Philosophy, yeah, okay. Some people love the philosophy. What else? Kirtan, big time. People love kirtan, yes. Association, yeah, man, it's a powerful association. You're getting it, yes. Japa, people do japa, they love the chanting, yes. What else? Food, yeah, prashadam, it's the biggest one actually. <laughs> Most of us are here for the prashadam. That's why we put it in the end. <laughs> we put it in the beginning, you'll all go away after that. And you'll think, oh, you got my prashadam, no need to hang around anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Prashadam is there. Yes. So like that, some people come for the deities, right? A lot of you come for the deities. You want to see the deities. You want to say hi to them. You love them, so you come to say hi to them. Some of you come because you want to bring your children so that they can learn the culture. 
And then they can become nice, strong people in their lives. And we see some very beautiful children here who are very smart. Every generation will become smarter than the previous generation. So for those of us who are parents, parenting advice to you, don't get too mad at your children when they talk back at you. They're smart people, you know. They're smarter than us. You know, in fact, when they talk, they talk like this. My parents don't know anything. <laughs> Until they become parents. <laughs> then they realize their parents knew a lot. <laughs> like that. So, you know, many reasons. Some of us come because it's a day you can dress nicely. Right? Always dress nicely when you come on a Sunday feast program. Because the Lord likes to see you dressed nicely. You are his children. We are his children. He likes to see my children are dressed nicely. You see what I'm saying? So dress nicely. Some of us like to dress nicely and come on Sunday because we're dressed nicely. Okay? That's good. Many, many reasons people come to a Sunday feast program. Some come because some friend told them, let's go. Okay, I went. You see? Some come for, you know, just to check it out. You know, let's just check it out. What's going to happen? Let's just see what happens. Like that. So many reasons people come. Some people come for the books. Because, you know, they're going to pick up some books, by the way. Nameshwani Prabhu asked me if any of you would like to. We know on July 4th we give out many books, and particularly the small ones. And so he wants to give anybody who would like to the opportunity to distribute those books by sponsoring them. So if you sponsor it and give by, can you stand up, please? This is Nameshwani Prabhu. Let's give him a big hand. So Nameshwani Prabhu uh, will be organizing the distribution of books on the July 4th Independence Day Parade in Plano. And there will be programs going on to other places, so maybe you can give some books for the other places as well. But uh, if any of you would like to sponsor any books, you can talk to him about this after this program. I also like to re- recognize uh, Mother Preeti, who is sitting here, and Mother, uh, uh, Mother Rami, Rami Laban for actually cooking the feast today. So whatever you're going to be eating, they're the ones who made the feast. Thank you very much. Um, Okay, and I also want to recognize, the person is not here, but when he is here, I'll do it again. But Daru Krishna Prabhu and his wife, Mother Melanie. For pulling the program this far, from a certain point, because... I remember this is a program that I used to do when I was here in 1993 and 1994. Some of you know me from that time. And I used to take care of this program. And then I left for five years, came back, became town president here. And then I handed it over to others. And somehow I just took it back this time just so that we can reorganize this so all of you can become great leaders in the program and do some really great things at this program. Some of you have come like... uh, you know, we have a wonderful devotee here by the name of Jay Goranga Prabhu, who is sitting here. Let's give him a big hand, too. Who's come from Denver. And uh, so he's joined us, and he's a great leader. He, he was in the Brahmachari Ashram in Los Angeles, which is one of our premier, premier temples in, 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 on the planet. Prabhupada loved Los Angeles Temple very much. And so, you know, wonderful devotees have come like that. We have a devotee here from Canada. Uh, uh, Dr. Anthony, and Dr. Anthony is going to, uh, to Jamaica to set up a program in Jamaica. So, Dr. Anthony, there's another devotee from Jamaica right there, Bhagavatananda Prabhu. And so, he's also from Jamaica. So, he preaches here in Dallas, like that, nicely. So, wonderful. So, you can see, right? 
wonderful things happened this world. So he came to Dallas, did a little bit of training for a month or so, and then takes off to Jamaica or wherever. So welcome, uh, uh, Dr. Anthony. Let's give him a big hand as well. All right, so please uh, uh, join us. Uh, every one of you is as much child of Krishna as anybody here. Okay? Krishna wants, loves all of you and wants all of you to become great leaders. We have 9 million people living, 10 million now, in Dallas-Fort Worth. There's 700,000 Indians in DFW. Uh, I mean, you know, so we got a lot of work reaching out to a lot of people. You see what I'm saying? And so in the process, what we're going to do is... Uh, all of you should get trained up as leaders. And they're leaders coming from other places, like we have a devotee here. Again, your name is Seva Swarupa Prabhu. Let's give him a big hand. You can meet him as well. He has ideas of how you can reach out to congregational people and reach out, build congregations like that. So, you know, reach out and preach to people so that people can become happy. They can become supersedity, completely satisfied. That's the idea of life. We have devotees here who are now working on our new temple in the Plano Frisco area. Frisco, right? We're looking at Frisco, like that. So, you know, help. These temples need to be built. We need to have more temples in Dallas, not just the Hare Krishna temple here, because 10 million people, you can't fit them in this room. There's a sign there that says maximum 300 people. So, if you build temples like this, we need, uh, what, 30,000 temples, right? 30,000 times 300 is 10 million? 33,000 temples so that we can have 10 million people doing this type of program. 10 million people yeah, doing programs like this. We've got a lot of work, right? 33,000 temples. This is the first one ready. We've got the next one, the next one, the next one, like that. We should have temple on every street corner, pretty much. That's how it should work. All right, thank you very much, Hare Krishna. And now we'll do worship of Tulsi Maharani. And after Tulsi Puja, we'll do the Gorarti. And after that, feast will start being served out at 6.30 which is downstairs, so any of you would like to have the feast, 6.30 is when it starts. Thank you very much. Vanchakapa Thirubhasya Kripasandhu Bhyavacha Patitanam Pavanebhya Vaishnavabhya Namo Namaha Anantakodi Vaishnava Brindaki Jai.